Hello, 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 hello. Once again, this is the Hungry Bleak Podcast, and I am Antonio Pomares. Look, my name's at the bottom. You can see it. It's in purple. It's my favorite color. So today's show, ah, oh, so excited, completely excited. Uh, one of my favorite people in the world, uh, incredible artist, uh, writer, creative, uh, my hip-hop Sherpa through the streets of bars, uh, just, and just one of the hungriest people. She might be hungrier than me. She might be hungrier than me, and I dig that flow about her. Uh, known this person for over, that's almost been maybe about 10 years, or actually a little bit over 10 years, which is great. Coolest person in the room, honestly. Everyone, please give it up. I don't even have a live audience. Doesn't matter, whatever. Welcome to the room. This is Takia Marie. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, Antonio. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. This is awesome. I totally appreciate it. And I'm digging the Joy Infinity shirt. With yeah, the I want everybody to see this. You guys yeah. have to check out Joy Infinity. She is a gamer. Phenomenal. First of all, a phenomenal person. Yeah. Like, Joy, her name suits her. When you watch her on her podcast, if you watch her on Twitch... When she streams games, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But you guys have to check her out. It's Joy Infinity. Um, and she's on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all that. She's much like the actual feeling of Joy. She is throughout yeah. everything, honestly. Yeah. I actually met, for the audience, I actually met Joy <laughs> <laughs> through Antonio when I found out Joy was his cousin. And the first time I met her, I was like, how did we never meet her before? Her like her name <laughs> is exactly what she is. Like the, probably the most perfect mm -hmm. name for a person ever. Yeah, like it like there was no mis it, they could not have had any other choices like do think Joy? I I was thinking maybe um Rebecca. I don't I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe <laughs> it would have been so wrong. <laughs> thinking about maybe Sade. Like I'm not I don't know what we gonna you know, well, let's go with Joy. Right, yeah, Joy. And then the prophecy was fulfilled. It just, it just made yeah. sense. It did. Um, yeah. Side note: I'm digging those pillows. Those pillows are nice as oh, hell, for real. I'm digging you. those pillows. <laughs> Is that white and gray or white and green? It's a little hard for me to see. It's but... white and gray. Oh my god! Yes. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, that's that random talk. So <laughs> the whole thing about these uh, these episodes are that they are just me talking to really cool people that I enjoy and uh, just have a great time with. And Takia is definitely one of those people that I've had hundreds, possibly thousands of hours of conversation with hundreds of plates of food oh, uh, throughout the, exactly throughout these years. Um, damn COVID. Yeah. I was going to say COVID is killing it for us right now. For real. <laughs> before this one, when we were in the purple room, I'm, I'm not going to call it, call it the green room. It's a purple room for me. Um, we were talking about food and places that we want to eat. We oh that that's an episode right there. Places the oh oh yeah. We I mean we could talk comics and food all day. See, let me tell y'all how I know Antonio and I were meant to be friends. He just told you his favorite purple. His favorite color is purple. Purple is my favorite color. We talk about it food. It is. It's my I favorite color. Oh my god. 
and we're both drinking chai too. <laughs> we talk about food all the time, all the time. And we were actually just talking about how we first met. We, I think I did a commission for you yes. on, uh, we met through DeviantArt at the time mm -hmm. when DeviantArt was a thing. I did a commission <laughs> for you and then we started chatting <laughs> on Facebook. I mean, and um, and then we, I went to New York Comic Con. And I was with uh, my friend Shanae, Shanae Williams, who is another fantastic artist that you should check out. Um, and she's just walking up the stairs and I look and I'm like, Antonio? <laughs> and he looked at me, he's like, Takia? And we, this was not planned or anything, just mm -hmm. happened to run into each other at New York Comic Con and been friends ever since. I mean, yeah, that, <laughs> that was like a little over 10 years ago, I want to say. Yeah. About. Yeah. It's been and, a long time. You know, you're really friends with somebody when... And someone told me this a long time ago, when the time doesn't seem to pass, it feels like you've just always known them, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about you. That's how I feel about Joy. That's how I feel about Shanae. That's how I feel about a whole bunch of Robert, every, you know, the whole crew. <laughs> that's it, it, how I feel. Like, I don't think of us in in measurements of time. I think about, remember that time that we was eating at that place? Like, that's how I, yeah. like, that's how I do, like, I couldn't go, well, was it March or, like, Remember the time we went to Melba's and that, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember like that's how we equate how long we've been friends. Yeah, like it's exactly. time. Like it's like how, and by how, how many, many people, people we've seen fall throughout our friendship. Oh <laughs> we need to do an episode where it's just food and people falling or almost falling, and we like, damn. Selfish. Oh selfish. Not, not not falling. Uh, so, so many memories. <laughs> <laughs> so many great memories. Stacking food and bodies on the floor. Oh my right. god! Sometimes I feel like, man, I'm probably going to hell for like. <laughs> but it's so it's just so funny. You ever see somebody fall? They just grab for everything, and it's just they just, just stop. Fall, just let nature, let gravity do what it's supposed to do. Just stop. Fall. Stop just messing fall. with nature. Just fall. You try to grab. Oh, oh, oh. Do you remember the last time we were in the city and? There was that one guy who was being pretty obnoxious, and then he fell. That? that was oh my god! That was like the best. The universe answered answered our prayers, and it was just so ah, it was just so tasty. It was so good. Those are the moments that needed because he was just being an ass. I was like, he was. I just he was. If the ancestors could just come down and please just strike him. Mm -hmm. Just how like, the ancestors know when enough. you need just enough seasoning. Yeah, like, like they're like, all right, that, that that's enough. There's like, we, yes, and they just, he just, oh, yeah. like, come on, man, come on, come on, man. It was just so satisfying. It was just if you guys, if, it, it sounds mean, but if you guys had seen how much of a jerk this guy would just be into people in general, just around him, just for attention, and it was like. Like even to his own friends, like he would just mm -hmm. be like ass, and that's what you get. Yeah, to his own friends, people on the street, and it was just like, and God, it, was, it, was so it was such swift justice when <laughs> it was out of the nowhere. best kind of justice, it the ones that happened real. swiftly. For real, because we saw we saw that in real time. It's like, yeah, ah oh, man. Just but we could, talking. I mean, we could go on forever about that. We, <laughs> we, we really could. Oh, my God. 
like th these are conversations that we normally would have over food and chilling. So mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to bring Takia here. Takia, yeah. what are we going to talk about today? So I want to talk about some dope comics. Um, the first one being Living Heroes, uh, written by Stephanie Williams, drawn by O'Neill Jones, and the colorist is uh, Christina Pogue. Excuse me if I'm mispronouncing your last mm -hmm. name. Um, and I apologize if I am, but it was, so first of all, this comic is a kind of a satirical take or a spoof, I guess you would say on one of my favorite shows of all time, Living Single with Marvel characters, mm -hmm. <laughs> specifically, you know, the main cast is, uh, they have a uh, storm. They have, um, they have um, Misty Knight is in it. Mm -hmm. um, they even, <laughs> they even have She Hulk playing as as like the stand-in for Maxine. <laughs> so it's, I mean, ah, uh, it's so good. It's so good. And I, I love how they each play a role. You know, yeah. I mean, like they each are embody either Regine, um, uh, Khadija. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even got the guys into it too. Yeah. And, um, Sam is Overton. Yeah. And yeah. I think Black Panther is Kyle. Um, I think so. And because Storm, Storm, he comes. It's so funny because he's like his name is like sprinkled throughout the comic. <laughs> like you know, there's yeah. something. Store, but they don't want to talk about it and then mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man but i just i just wanted to say how much i loved so i actually stumbled on this comic i didn't know about it i didn't i just happened to be on twitter and as we were just talking about the ancestors aligning things mm -hmm. when it should be aligned um I was just on Twitter, kind of just, I don't ever really go on Twitter, but I was just clearing my messages and I saw somebody retweet one of the web comics because I believe it started as a web comic and they yes. retweeted one of the comics and I read it and I was like, this is hilarious. Oh my God. And I saw that there was a Kickstarter coming up. So I put a uh, reminder, I actually put a reminder in my phone to remember like, cause I, I don't remember the date, but I put the date in my phone so that I could remember to go back it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I read the comic, it was just, I mean, everything comes together. The writing is hilarious. The art is such a perfect fit for it. The colors too capture the mood. And it's just, oh man, it was, it, it's so good. So, you know, like they have jokes in there that, <laughs> Honestly, only black people will understand. Like when Jessica Jones brought oh. that terrible potato salad to the Friendsgiving. <laughs> I was howling. I was like, wait, what? I had to go back and make sure I read it right. And you could feel everybody. This is how you know it's good. When you can feel the characters actually staring and you all are having, even though they're fictional characters, they're not real. You know, you're all having the same thought, like, yeah, Luke. She had like raisins and olives in the potato salad. I was like, oh my goodness, unnecessary oh my thing, goodness. just unnecessary. And, then, and when nobody ate it, she had the nerves to be like, you know, there's potato salad left, guys. There's a yeah. reason it's left, Jessica. <laughs> we know, 
<laughs> we know why it's there. We know. Oh, the, man. At that dinner, the thing that had me dying was T'Challa <laughs> saying, thank you for, for, like, for joining us. And so, I forgot who it was. And they were like, but you're a guest, too. This ain't even your dinner. Like, he just took over the dinner. Right. And I was like, like it actually made me say, um, T'Challa, just sit down, man. Just this ain't you. This this ain't that's the first time I've ever told T'Challa to sit down. I love T'Challa, but T'Challa, man, this ain't about you, bro. Sit down. I, I can see why Storm is doing what Storm is doing. Right. And I'm not mad at it. Like, even the fact that they have like first of all, they have this this is a thing that I a lot of this comic is black people will only get understand or have a deep emotional tie to like in the beginning of the comic they have like the ebony or jet beauty of, of the week pictures oh yeah yeah that, that was such so a nice cool. touch yeah i yeah. saw that i was like oh wow because you haven't when was the last time you seen a jet or an ebony magazine exactly <laughs> exactly so to have that throw back in there and they had and it was misty full throw and before her arm was mm -hmm. uh I thought that was it was Misty and it's um Monica. I thought it yeah. was just great. It was beautiful. It was so awesome. And then the way they have it, because it um like you were saying, it's a webcomic, they have it in like different like same. So you can see like a, a page will be like one webcomic, another page will be another webcomic, but it fits that sitcom kind of feel. Right. And that vibe to it. One of my favorite things was the courtroom scene with Namor, where mm -hmm. he was just talking. Yeah. And you know, Namor. I, I know him, him and T'Challa beef, but he's one of my favorite characters because he's so arrogant. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's so arrogant, but he's so underplayed in Marvel. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and him and Reed, and the way he's talking to Reed, like, you know, when you were gone, Sue was with me. I was nourishing her physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally. I was there. I'm the king of Atlanta. Yeah. And, I, and I was getting there. And he was like, you son, you son of a... <laughs> and they cut it. <laughs> I was and, then, and then I love that when Reed like was about to kind of yoke him up, it mm -hmm. just cut off. I like that it's it's a show within. Yes, it reminds it reminded me a little bit of, of Insecure. Remember how they had like oh. they always every season had a show mm -hmm. that that everyone was watching. Like I think I, the last a black a black child got kidnapped, something like that, right? <laughs> And I love that. I love that it was like because if they if if on Living Heroes if they um continued with that like that that courtroom mm -hmm. drama I think it was called was it Couples Court it was yep. it was taken after People's Court yeah the Couples Court um, yeah Couples Court if they continued that throughout the series it would be so dope because I would because that's just such a nice touch like I believe <laughs> they are because I think I saw a little um panel where it was. Adam Warlock. Yeah. And he was like, um, like the reporter got to talk to the people afterwards. Like, well, how do you feel about the case? And he was talking to somebody and I was like, if they're doing another Kickstarter, I, I need to know. Cause I'm definitely putting on, I'm putting in for this is so, this is so great. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a great little, um, uh, the detail that, that, that you hit upon. I, I, I didn't, didn't even think about that having that show within the show because yeah. seeing Michael Jai White on the floor yell out, I hate slavery. <laughs> Yes, I I need moments like that in here. If I get more of Neymar just popping off and such, while other Marvel characters are back there, like, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm in for this. Yes, now I need to go I back and rewatch In Insecure season one because that must have me crying. Man, yes. 
My favorite, I think my favorite thing about that comic and the funniest thing to me was when they said that uh, Jennifer Jennifer Walters, uh, She-Hulk, yes. when they said that she was a white woman of color. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was, that was so like, like, it was so clever. The minute I saw that title up above it, I was like, so this is going to be about Jennifer. And I know they're going to yeah. come off the wall. But yeah, but you... Within the first couple of pages, you trust this team. Wherever uh-huh. they're going, you're down for them. You are down for yeah. wherever they're going artistically with writing and art. You are so down for, it. and they take you on this great, like, journey of it. And it's the to, to blend a sitcom, which is kind of old hat. It's really, you know uh-huh. what I mean. And to blend it in with characters of Marvel who are beloved but aren't given a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. And to have that idea of... There were a few characters that they mentioned that I honestly didn't even know about. Wow. That that was a lot. Yeah. And and I liked that they uh, took those minor characters and like, or quote unquote minor, but you know, Mm -hmm. the ones who, like you said, don't get a lot of screen time and gave them a bigger platform. And just the way, I mean, it was just you know, you can tell it was just so heartfelt too at the same time, because mm-hmm. it was one of those things where you kind of make fun of something because you love it. And mm-hmm. you could feel you could feel the love and the critique for for you know some of the Marvel characters. Like I think there was there was a scene where where um they had all they had a bunch of basically all of the black characters in the Marvel universe like okay let's go <laughs> we got some black stuff popping off we need to go handle <laughs> like <laughs> you know they need the black ones so let's just go <laughs> but, but but that's real that like, yeah, like that's yeah, but that's like, real there's an issue of Black Panther where it was Falcon Black Panther Think Misty Knight might have been Blade and Monica because they actually made uh-huh. and an appearance at, at the end, and they were fighting somebody in the city in the uh, might have been Harlem uh-huh. fighting, and they end up um defeating it. And this old like black man is there, and he's like, "Hey, um, uh, why haven't y'all teamed up before?" And Falcon just goes, "Well, I gotta go," and he flies off. And I was si- and I was sitting there like, "So y'all know." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who the, who the writer of the issue was, but mm-hmm. I was like, and as, as the old man said it, I could hear myself saying it. Yeah, why? And then Falcon just like, well, I gotta go. And he flies off, and everybody just kind of goes on their own way. And I was like, all right, cool. But I love that type of commentary about, yeah. it. and for because them to do that, it's cool. Yeah, it, it it it's real for for them to acknowledge it, but also rectify it. Yeah. In that same part is cool. There's also a part where um, they're all of the women are going to bed, mm-hmm. and this is something that I've only seen in a couple of comics. One of them was Omni um, mm-hmm. from Humanoids, where you see them doing their nightly routine. You see silk scarves and you see bonnets, and I was yeah. like, "Bet, thank you, yeah. thank you." Yeah. Obviously, I know nothing about either, but to see. <laughs> I mean, I mean for real. But to see the the hair care love in there, you yeah. know what I mean, was just real cool. And I, I dug it because you see, um, 
like them, like, like, you, you know, like putting on like cold cream and stuff like, like doing everything, flossing, whatever. And then you, you see the bonnets being tied up the and bonnets. the hair being put in, into every, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. This is and awesome. you, need, you need more of that because even though we're talking about a comic that is, you know, it's comedy, even though we're talking about something that's supposed to be funny, you know, you know, for a long time, you didn't see that side of, of, black life even something as simple as how we do our hair and that is and that plays out in real life you know when people you know i remember when i first went natural people it's, it's like people who were not black didn't understand how how is your hair doing that how is it like how like how <laughs> did you do something different and, today i don't right and so, and so when you see things like, you know, there were only certain products out there that didn't cater to our hair. Now you're seeing it more because they're realizing, oh shoot, black hair care, there's a lot of money in that. Mm -hmm. But there was a time when you wasn't really seeing stuff. Remember, all we had was like pink lotion and jam. Like Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. That, the, the pink, oh my God, yes. Again, I don't know, but I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, but right. I know. Right. Oh so it's like seeing stuff like that, just just even just the regular hair care routine before you go to bed, putting on a bonnet, putting on a silk, a silk scarf, you twisting your hair up, doing whatever you got to do to keep those to keep those curls and those locks healthy. Um, that's important for people to see and even people who are not black to see. Because it's an understanding that we're different and there are things about us that are different, but, you know, we can all like, it's important for you to understand that there are people who are different from you and still see them as people. And even though we're talking about a comedy, once you get the understanding that there are just different things that we have to do for our hair. There are different things. And so you start to, so I think it in, in a weird way, it expands your view. It expands your view of, mm -hmm. of just the fact that there are multiple different kinds of people in this world. And I know we're just talking about, I know for a lot of people might think that, or say that we're just talking about comics. We're just talking about a comic that was funny, but it's important for people to see that so that you know that there, you know, there are differences, but it's okay. We can all, get along we can all do well together it's okay but there are differences yeah i, I mean because uh, let, let's let's take like i'm um, like fairy tales like you've heard like or seen i should say well you heard if you read it we're seeing like in movies such what have you'd always see the princess who would be white blonde and blue eyed mm -hmm. you see her brushing her hair yeah this is no different than that this is just something that this is something that you would only get with a team that is black and written by a black woman. Yeah. Yeah. Little things like that that are part of her experience, her mother's experience, her friends' experiences, people that she knows and loves, and people that also are reading this comic. Um, this is and to have little little details like that are needed. That's why you have to have inclusion. That's why you have to have people of different varying races um uh across the, the sexual uh spectrum, uh, across mm -hmm. genders. Um, yeah. as well as non-binary and gender fluid. Uh -huh. So you have to because you get all these different experiences because the more, even in something like this, a child is reading this. A, a child is reading yeah. this and they're saying, oh, 
it is a it's it's natural. This is what I do. Yeah. So you're seeing yeah. kids who are a part of all of these other groups who are saying, okay, so this is mm -hmm. natural. This is what have you. And that's why you need these other voices. You need these, you need the characters on the page, but you also need the hands that are on these pages to be mm -hmm. different and diverse and include everyone. So you can see these different ways. So it becomes, you know, we need to, to, to normalize everyone because right. all are normal. And I, and I, and I'm glad you use the word normalize and not diverse or oh. any of those words because while we do talk about you know diversity and everything, and it is a word that I have used, really normalizes more accurate because yeah. all of this is normal. What's abnormal is only seeing white people everywhere. That's what's abnormal because yeah. that's not what the world looks like and that's not what people look like. And so it's important when you put these things on a page, especially in a medium like comics, because the way that we react to each other in real life, and I really believe this, and this is why personally I think stories are one of the most powerful mediums. Telling stories is one of the most powerful mediums that, look, I'm using my presidential. That's good. That's <laughs> but it's one of the most powerful mediums out there because, believe it or not, it subtly informs what you think about different people or about people who are different from you, whether that be race, whether that be gender, whether that be, you know, your sex, how you identify, any of that is informed by what you read and what you consume and the entertainment that you consume. And so even something as simple as seeing a bunch of black women, three black women putting on a bonnet or going through their hair care routine at night teaches you something that is different, you know, there, mm -hmm. there's something different about other people, but that doesn't mean that you can't treat people the way that they should be treated. And I remember there in comics in general, there used to be a, de a, a debate about whether or not, if you were not a particular race, could you write about that race? Mm -hmm. And I remember the argument used to be that, yes, because we're all, you know, even though we're different, we're all the same. We're all the same in that we all have the same needs. We're all human. And I hated that argument. I hated it mm -hmm. because even though we're all human and even though we have very similar needs, the way those needs play out in society due to certain oppressions, due to certain things that are put in place, you know, systemic, systemically for certain people, it plays out what our needs play out very differently. How we react to the world plays out very differently. And so unless you are in that situation, it's likely you're not going to be able to write about it. Mm -hmm. Not just, not just off the cuff, mm -hmm. not without consulting someone, not with out reading, not without educating yourself. And I think that that was just, you know, this idea that we can, anybody can write anybody. And it was, and it was a lot of the time, it was a question being asked when white characters wrote black ones. I mean, white, I'm sorry, white writers wrote black characters. Well, some of them are characters. So don't worry, you were using the right word. <laughs> and so I think that, um, that argument was mute or moot is the word I'm looking for um, because it suggests that 
everyone has the white experience. And that's the problem that I had with that argument. Honestly, no, everybody can't write everybody because there's a certain level of effort that you have to put into writing people who are not the same as you that a lot of people, frankly, are not willing to put into Mm -hmm. those characters, into those stories and stuff like that. So that's why I say, again, going back to this, it's important to see the life of people, just general everyday life of people who don't look like you. Because besides making people feel more human, it should make you understand that there are differences out there and you need to be okay with them. So that's it. That's my that's my speech. <laughs> well no, but that, that that's totally true because it that the argument kind of always did fall flat because you figure that they figure like you were saying that the white experience is everyone's experience uh-huh. because right. you can you, you can have two characters who are out in space let's say your sci-fi it's the year 3749 you know teleportation everything what have you but and and you can still have them do the same things you know action you have them you know be a captain of a ship or what have you married or uh-huh in a relationship a poly or, or 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 a monogamy what have you and you and there but there are details that each of us will go through that are different yeah you know what i mean and if you don't hit on those little details you're not really you're not really doing that character justice and you're not doing the readers justice because you think everyone's going to go through and have the same experience and they're going to read it and they're going to be fine some of us are like or, reading it and going, this is not what I would do at night. This is not what uh-huh. I would do. This is not exactly. it. And, it. and it pulls you out of the story. And that can, you you can have a great space opera written, wonderful, you know, this is your magnum opus. This is wonderful, great. And those details would be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not. It wasn't believable. Even though it's a story right. in the 35th century, it wasn't believable because of those things. So you have to. And even, and there's a way where you can educate yourself um not not go around asking hey do you, and and making it seem like you're ignorant like you're not trying to learn you can educate yourself there are right. plenty of things out there besides google you can go on um, youtube or what have you or ask your black friends you better have some friends <laughs> you know what i'm saying and have other people in that writer's room other people at the art table who will say, well, no, this isn't what would happen. This is what I would do. This is what they would do. This is, you know what I mean? Someone who can say, oh, wow. And then correct it. That's why you need a team. Like I started paying a lot of attention to creative teams. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. who's, again, as, as I always say, it's not just the characters on the page, but it's the hands that are touching the pages. Right. Who is touching this page? Let me right. see what's going on with this person. Because I've started following more creatives than I do characters. I mean, there are some characters that that I do love, honestly, but I've started following creators. And honestly, this team here, Stephanie Williams, uh, O'Neill Jones, and uh, Christina Pogue, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. definitely going to follow them because I loved what they did with Living Heroes. This is phenomenal work, awesome work. Yeah, awesome, awesome work. And I would recommend anybody to read it. If you want to laugh, I mean, I think anybody can get something out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are certain aspects of it that are speaking to us. And 
I like that because you really need to see too on the page your experience. You know, you need to see your experience. When you're constantly reading about other people's experiences, that gets into you. You start to like mm-hmm. the way that you start to look at the world is through the lens of somebody else. And so it's important to know that your experiences matter too. And despite the fact that we're, you know, talking about something that's comedic, that doesn't lessen it at all because there's some real, like at the core of the writing, there's some real stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that it's also funny, you know, and sometimes the best way to get people to be engaged with something is to make it funny. And I, I have to say, Stephanie's writing is just so good. It's so hilarious. It's so hilarious. And she she's phenomenal. So I mean, everybody on this team is phenomenal in all honesty. But there's such there's such a um, there's there's so much heart in it which is mm-hmm. what drew me to it. There's so much heart in it. And I would definitely recommend anybody to read it. And I honestly can't wait for them to come out with another another book. You know, if there's another Kickstarter happening, I will definitely be getting my copy. And for, yeah, I, I mean, same thing for me. This, If you're just a comic book fan, read mm-hmm. it because it's funny as hell. And it's yeah. great, and you're and there are characters that you're familiar with in a different setting, which is cool. You can think of it like it's a what if, you know, comic yeah. what have you from Marvel. If you are looking for a comic that's you know just something funny that has black characters that you're familiar with, but still in a different situation, and you're just looking for something that feels good, go with this comic. If you're looking for something that's showing um, uh, uh, representation go with this comic. I mean, from the hair that we discussed um, to little things that black people would only get, like the Jet Ebony or <laughs> or or a Jones's um, potato salad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even the hairstyles that they do are different. Yeah, and their hairstyles change a lot, which yes. I really yes. appreciated. I really yeah. appreciated that. Like, there, they, I mean, there's just so many choices that, that uh, O'Neal Jones made that mm-hmm. were just so just so on point just visually and that is definitely one of them i really love that pretty much every time you would see them like in the next you know you would have a, a one story and then in the next story their hairstyles are completely different it felt like that's what i mean it felt like real life mm-hmm. it felt like <laughs> You know yeah. you're there with these characters and that's why that's why i keep saying like even from the standpoint of of the medium of comics, mm-hmm. I would recommend this book because there's so many good things about it that come together that I honestly think like you know people would get some enjoyment out of it if you if you're into like comics as an art to see what they're to to see what they're doing um you know i i I keep mentioning that the writing is comedic. That's not to lessen the comedy of it. It's to say that I think a lot of the subjects that are touched on, you would expect to be in something dramatic, but because you're viewing it through the lens of comedy, it hits you very differently. And I mean, if you make somebody laugh at something, they're laughing at it, but they're also absorbing what's being said. Right. That was always, my my thought process was always... 
if I wanted somebody to understand something, I would first make them laugh because your defenses are yeah. down. You're open. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. hit somebody with some knowledge or or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then they'll they will absorb it better. Like like you were saying, they will. You know, because yeah. you can't laugh and <laughs> you you can't laugh and still be like, you know, heart of stone thugged out. You can't. Right. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't be like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, no, nah, man. Nah, nah. Yeah. You, you can't. When you right. laugh, that's why, like, comedians can be some of the most influential people mm-hmm. imaginable because they can make you laugh. And at the same instinct, teach you something or show or show you this is what's going on. Turn that mirror around. I mean, yeah. We could talk about Bill Burr. We could talk about, I mean, um, uh, trying to think of her name, Nanette Gadsby. No, no, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I watched um, her series and I was like, "Whoa, oh my god!" Yeah. Just phenomenal. I got one for you too, Roy Roy Wood Jr. You know, um, yeah. the guy he's on the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a bit where he was talking about why black superheroes only help black people and he was talking about like you know like luke cage and stuff like why you only see black superheroes really helping black people and it's like it's because that's all they got time for (laughs) white superheroes don't got any problems so they can help everybody black superheroes they we dealing with so much we only got time to help black people (laughs) i'm saying because we're not only dealing with superhero stuff but also being black like so we're trying to fight two fights at once I got to go over here and fight Jigsaw, but I also got to go over here and worry about, you know, these, uh, these, you know, um, cashier thing that I stole when I walk into the store, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's, and he is funny. So, cause I read some of his tweets and his stuff is hilarious. I wish he would get a special, wait, wait a minute, does he have a special? I don't, I, I think he, he has like a half hour or something on Comedy Central, but I don't think oh, yeah? he has like a Netflix special or anything like that. All right, because I got to check that out. That's another thing. Like, whenever COVID decides to calm down, you and I got to go to the comedy cellar and we, see a show because yeah, we've been trying to do that for a while. And I would love, if, if Roy Wood Jr. was there, I would love to go. Oh, definitely. Like, I imagine that first show of like somebody when, you know, you're able to have you know, full capacity, what have you, and, and they get a show. I'm just, yeah, I, oh my God, if I could get, you know, would if I could get like Leslie Jones, mm-hmm. if I could get um trying to think of who there's so many people that I would just want um Tony Baker. Oh yeah, Tony yeah. Baker. Tony Baker. Yeah. There's so there's a huge that you know what we just came up with two other episodes, one about food and comics and the other one about comedians. Oh my god. Right. I would love to see um Marina Franklin. I feel like she doesn't Ooh. get I feel like she doesn't get as much play as she should. Um, she is she's hilarious. And Godfrey, I would love to see live. So oh, like this. Godfrey is a Godfrey <laughs> is hilarious. When he, he's talking about they try to salsa that shit off. No, 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 no. I I know black. I know black. No, 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 nonka nonk. I was dying. I was like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. There, yeah. there are so many. Oh my god, there's so many people I would love to see. Yeah. So all that to say, you know, check out yes. Living Heroes. I think if, you know, you just love some really good writing, you love some really good art, 
just check it out. I think you would enjoy it. Um, and I really do hope to see more from them in the mm -hmm. future. Yeah. Um, if you are wondering where this is at, um, I don't know what publishers, but I know that there is a link uh, to it. Um, I will actually, because I try to post up comics on my IG all the time. You'll see me more on IG than you will on Facebook, honestly, because Facebook is just, yeah, whatever. A dumpster um, fire. I, <laughs> not even, it's worse than that lately. I'm like, I went on the other day just for one thing and I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> that's how, right, that's how I'm I out. feel about Twitter. That's why I don't get on Twitter a whole lot. As a matter of fact, I think oh. I need to probably stop giving people my Twitter handle because I'm just yeah. never on there i go on twitter to look at oh do i have any messages okay that's it and then like, i'm not out. even on there for that like i i share on twitter what i post up on instagram i just mm -hmm. don't i don't have the mindset for twitter like you have to have a certain mindset for twitter and i it feels the same yeah. for facebook and i don't care enough mm -hmm. to do it so i'll never I'll never go viral. I'll never be one. Oh my god, he went viral. <laughs> You'll never see me go viral because I don't give a shit. I don't care. But yes, on on my IG, I always try to post up comics that I really find that I enjoy that I love. Um, you'll find more indie stuff obviously on there, but you will find uh, some big two as well. But I do have um, a post on there about Living Heroes when I got it and I read it that night and I thought it was phenomenal, fantastic, loved it. Um, I even talked about it a bit last Friday on a Sean's um show. Right. The uh, Zion Network, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about it on there. Uh, so there. Oh, you were on there. Yeah, yeah. I have a little oh. segment on there now called Lit Pick. He 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 uh, named it. Um, um, I was trying to find. Sorry, I was just googling. No, no, no. I was trying to find the actual link to. I think Living Heroes, but um, if you you know. I'm sure I'm sure we can put links in like the description and stuff like that. Yeah. I think um, it's only on maybe her page. Um because yeah. I found out it through the Kickstarter just like you, but then mm -hmm. I tagged um Stephanie Williams. I, I tagged Stephanie Williams and um uh O'Neill Jones. I didn't mm -hmm. see Christina Pogue have an IG or she might and it just isn't under the name. I don't know. I don't I I don't feel comfortable searching for somebody like that because <laughs> that's creepy as shit. <laughs> and again, I don't care enough to do that. Not that I don't care about her, but I don't care enough to be that person. But I mm -hmm. feel it, it definitely give give um uh, people credit for their stuff. But yeah, this is an amazing book. Um, I will be posting links and stuff like that because I want you guys to read these books because they're awesome. Or go and like whatever I'm talking about in in this series of comic excuse me conversations. I want you to go out and check out and read, yeah. or watch, or play, or eat, what have you. All right. Yeah. Uh, and there was something else that you want to talk about as well. Another comic that you're further ahead than I am, and I have mm -hmm. to check it up, but I still want to hear your thoughts on it because there were things that bugged me about it at first that I realized are part of the story, and I have to trust right. the process and, and the creative team. Um, so Excellence is another one that I read that I think is such a great story. Um, where to begin on excellence? Because there's so there's so many nuances and layers to the story mm -hmm. that it, I mean, the way that the way that it starts, and I guess you guys should know. Obviously, there may be spoilers here. So before I spoil it for you, yeah. if you have not read it, go pick it up and read it, and then come back here 
and listen to us talk about it and let us know what you guys think. Right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but the 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 way the story starts off with uh, just this relationship between a son and his father mm-hmm. and how you know a father he he's he's happy to have a son in this world where magic is a thing where family names are so important mm-hmm. you know um i think there's 10 original families in this in this story and yeah. you know they're all direct bloodlines and um you know in this story uh the this child is one of them and so all of this is so important and the way that it plays out in his relationship with his son is what really grabbed me because it starts out so good. He's so happy to have a son. And then it goes into like kind of this dark place where he's kind of emotionally abusive to his son in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, because he wants so much for his son to, you know, his powers haven't manifested yet. His son's powers have not manifested yet. And it hasn't manifested by the time normally other people would. And so now he's, you know, he's pushing his son and pushing his son and pushing his son because he's like, you know, we have to, we have to uphold the family name. I think at one point his wife is saying, everybody's saying he might not even be my son. Yes. Yes. And Yes. That that hit hard. That hit hard. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, to, to see how the story unfolds, where it just starts in this happy place, but then it goes into this thing of his son can only find his power through the anger that he has for his father and for the way he's been treated. And how sad is that? I feel like I feel like what I really loved about this book, and it starts from page one, the first 10 pages of this book, the character development in the first 10 pages is incredible. One of, mm-hmm. Honestly, for me, one of the best I've seen recently in comics. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it, it gets into something that I feel that we don't really talk about a lot still, um, within the black community is, is, um, not, I I don't want to say mental illness, but I do think there's like an element of, of emotional, an an emotional place that like, sometimes we don't know how to deal with, because I think in the black community, we're taught not to really deal with our emotions in a healthy way. We're taught mm-hmm. to be strong, to be, you know, to 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 just take it and, and be strong and move past these things. And so the way the way uh, the way it's described, the emotions that he's dealing with is like this anger is a box and anger is the only place he has left to go because the love he's looking for isn't there. And you really don't hear this talked about with men, black men. And so in the first 10 pages, the fact that they hit on um, the fact that Brandon hit on so many of those nuances and then at the same time, you know, just dealing with this idea of a father son relationship was just so, so incredible. 
So um, I wanted to get your thoughts of it. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, was the thing that bothered you when they said that, because one of the rules is that women are not allowed to use magic. Yeah. And when I saw it, when I saw it, I wasn't mad at it because I I figured that even though that was in the story, there was going to be something to it. There was going to be I thought because when you start reading the story, there's a lot of nuance in there. And mm-hmm. I figured that that story element was going to come into play at some point and there was going to be some commentary on it. But you go ahead. Tell me what you thought about it. First off, I guess um, this is uh your show now because you just dropped so much. Like, I'm like, am, am I the guest? Because she just blew me out the water. I guess, all right. So, I mean, this is her account now, right? That is how it works out. Just wow. That, and this is why I love talking to you about things because you're hitting on the topic like that and you're able to see things from different angles, but in the same, like, I don't know how to explain it, but you're hitting on it so. Hard, yes, definitely. Yeah. The thing that bothered me, it wasn't the fact that, well, shouldn't say it like that. It was the word that they used, female. That, okay. That like threw me, but also, yes, saying that, that females, it was the wording of it. The saying that went, that females couldn't use magic. But then mm-hmm. I did realize because it was a knee-jerk reaction. Right. But then I have to realize, look at who's on this story. Brandon mm-hmm. Thomas is a is, is one of the co-creators along with um, Kari Randolph. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Brandon is one of my favorite writers. Oh, he's I, incredible. I, I was reading um, the new Batman that's for a future shock. Mm-hmm. And there are three different stories in it. And But with DC, for some reason, they don't tell you who's writing until you finish the story. They don't have the credits. So I was reading a story about the outsiders, uh, quote unquote. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. Damn, I'm really digging this. And then I see... Like all this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, damn, this is yo, this is like, why am I not getting this? Like, this is awesome. Like, this is, and they said that it was written by Brandon Thomas. I said, God damn it, god damn it, didn't even know, and I love his work. So I have to trust the process and trust these creators who I know their work, I love because you also have um Emilio Lopez is a colorist, uh, and, and you know, I think Bennett Emilio- is letterer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just oh, no, wanted no, to no, say, no. I think Emilio has been working with Cardi for a long time. I think yes. they kind of like go together a lot. So and 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 they complement each other so well. Yeah, th- this team because Cardi and Brandon were working on Noble, mm-hmm. and I believe that's where they started coming up with the idea. Because I was like listening to them talk at a New York Comic Con, and I was asking them questions because seeing them together that unit you see how they play off of each other and it was like this brotherhood and i loved it um yeah yeah, this comic what you were saying hands down is completely correct there's a lot going on here and being a black man who has had issues with his father and who Mm -hmm. has felt a certain way about parenthood and parenting because of it when i read this book i was like I, i i had to take a moment i was like shit all right so you really are going to this point. And I realized that it was great. And also with Brandon Thomas becoming a father, I think that kind of spurred it on as well. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask about that too, because when I was reading it, 
I thought to myself, this seems it feels like it's coming from a real place. Yes. And so yeah. I wondered if he if he had recently become a father or if he was, you know, if he if he had been a father for some time and if that's the place. And honestly, I even wondered if he's ever talked about his relationship with his father, because all of it feels mm, like very it's personal. coming from a place that like he's putting some some pain, something tangible on the page. And um it's just it's 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 such a great writing. It really is. I I honestly think that there is a lot again none, none of our business, what have you, but I right. think it is because to write it this deeply and this hard, and like mm -hmm. you were saying, within those 10 pages, there's so much character development, so much world building. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, the world building. We there's I mean so we could much, go on forever. There's so much there. And that feeling of the emotional abuse and you're not good enough. And when she did say, they're not even sure, like, if he's your son and him right. getting that anger for a second mm -hmm. and not knowing what's going to happen and seeing how this black family, even at this highest peak and their name is revered at this yeah. highest peak, there are still all this strife and internal tension in the family because their son isn't what they want him to be. And that hit on a lot of things, not just with the emotional abuse, but also um, with uh, if your child, especially in the black community, if your child is LGBTQ, you know, if, if they're lesbian, gay, straight, um, non-binary, gender fluid, because I believe that's part of one of the rules too, like unwritten or, or such, what have you like that you can't Mm -hmm. Yeah, like even um, that. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the rules on the first page. There's definitely the rule um, of no women, no women allowed, and you know the use the use of the word females. Even I wonder if if that's even you know purpose because I, because yeah. of the reaction that you mm -hmm. had, you know, mm -hmm. and like. Personally, for me, I don't mind the word females unless you're using it like these females. Exactly. Like, that, if yeah. you're using it to mean women in context, then fine. But if you know, but it's interesting that now that that word has taken on kind of a different connotation, mm -hmm. you know, that, that 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 it was that it was said the way that it was said. Um, and. I, to me, when I saw that, it, it kind of just went into this whole thing of like, you know, these layers of discrimination, because besides just that women can't, there seems to be something in there about people who are not born to these families mm -hmm. and what happens to them and how mm -hmm. they're treated. Yeah. Um, and if so, they try to use magic. Yeah. Because there, yeah, there's, there's layers, layers of world building mm -hmm. and stuff like that, that it, it might hit on in the first issue and you might not get more of that until the fifth issue. And then you see why, because it's like, uh -huh. that's storytelling. That is storytelling. Right. Building a world like this, having rules, everything uh -huh. from, and that is a thing like having it on purpose because it's the first thing you see. It's like on the first page, right? Uh -huh. Right after the credits is the rules. Right. Exactly. So right the bat, and it's the last rule I want to say. So it hits even harder before you go into it. Because mm -hmm. after that, because I want to say, I'm trying to look on my phone. Yeah, it's on the first page. And then the next page is you see a woman holding a baby. 
Yeah. It's and on so, purpose so, and it's so well done. Yeah, all of that is on purpose, mm -hmm. I think, because anytime a writer has rules in the beginning of a story, those rules are going to be broken mm -hmm. because yeah. they're, they're setting you up so that you know what these rules are so that later when they break them or they hit you with a twist or something, you know exactly what the rules were mm -hmm. so that you have a foundation to go off of when they break those rules. And I love that you said that, you know, immediately one of the first things you see after you see that rule is a woman holding a baby because, and the fact that uh, Spencer, I believe is his name, Spencer's grandmother plays yes. such a huge role in his life. So in his mom, yes. so, so the fact that that's why I say again, I think it was done on purpose the way that that rule was written because then they go on to show that women are a significant of significant importance in the life of in the lives of these young men, especially our main character. And so he goes to his grandmother for advice. She's she's edging him up. She's, she's, she's mm -hmm. you know, beautifully, beautifully using, using magic <laughs> while she's giving him that edge up. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. And, but he, she, he, even that was like magic. Like that's yeah. a, a form of magic. Like the way black women are is is a form of magic. I mean, there is a term like black girl magic, yes. But mm -hmm. even that is that feel. So they can't use magic, but they've been using magic since they were like brought to this earth and, and that that feeling of it. And even holding that baby with holding magic itself and even the, mm -hmm. the creation of life like that could be seen as magic. I mean, it's science, but magic. Well, I guess magic is just science. You don't understand what have you. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so many oh, making me just want to just throw everything away and just dive into this series again. <laughs> I, damn, I mean, this is what I'm talking do, about. Do, for real, you could do a podcast about this story oh. alone and just break down oh. what the right, because I've, I've, this is not my first time reading anything by Brandon Thomas. Mm -mm. And I think this, for me, this is some of his best storytelling yet. Mm -hmm. um, because there's so, not to say that I didn't love his other work, I did, but this one I think hit me in a different way because it felt so personal. And so you're hitting on things that I, and I know, and I know the story is dealing with, and just to make it clear, guys, we're talking about the first volume. After those first, I think, six issues, I have not yeah. read yet the rest of it. So if I'm saying things here that you're like, well, in issue seven, this happens. I don't know that yet, so I'm just going to talk about the first <laughs> six issues. But, um, but even though I know that this is a story written from you know a male perspective, and it starting out, it's about really a relationship between a, a son and his father. There were things in there that even hit me just on a family level, like you mentioned. You know, um, you're you having a. a kind of, I guess, shaky relationship with your father. You yes, know, yes, I've yes. had a shaky relationship with my parents as well. Mm -hmm. And there were like little nuances that I was like, man, that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I feel like it's interesting when you write from a place that's real, it resonates with everybody. Mm hmm and it, Despite it, what what uh, perspective you're writing from, there's going to be something about it that resonates with everybody. Yeah, because it's something that we can all associate with. Like even if 
you're not black or such what have you, but you can, there, mm-hmm. there are things in here that will still hit you. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny how we were just talking about not everyone can write everybody. This right. is a case in point because if this story, let's say this whole thing was brought to writer, like white male hetero writer A, and he wrote mm-hmm. this, we would not be getting these little nuances. Like the whole thing yeah. with the grandmother cutting the hair. I, mm-hmm. I looked at that page for like 30 minutes, no lie, 30 minutes. And I was right. looking at every detail and reading all the bubbles again. I was like, damn, this, this is so... And the way she and how smart and sage and funny and whips and just quick and she's edging him up, but also snatching his edges with what she's selling him. And he's Mm -hmm. asking her advice about the test and the magic and what you're saying about the, 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 the anger and stuff like that. I have been there. Mm -hmm. I think that's another reason why this book hit me a little hard too. Not just, that's the spicy relationship with the father, but also that anger, because I had a lot of anger to deal with when I was that age. And because right. I've always been smaller, I've always been shorter. My father, I believe, is five, seven, five, nine. Mm-hmm. I'm five, five. And I was never the most athletically gifted kid. I was always the smallest one out there. So I always was trying so hard. And it just built anger. And when you see Spencer's father actually favor another kid who yeah. is bigger, who mm-hmm. is stronger who is better with his magic and that anger inside him just builds and that's and that is true that for a long time that's all i had was my anger that's the only thing that i could go to and my anger made me stronger it made me um think quicker on my feet it made me run fast it made me do all these things but it was also so destructive and toxic right right, and to right. Hit, i know this was gonna be a therapy session wait hold on right <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that we was going to be doing this today. I didn't. Right. I, I didn't mean to spill all the tea on myself. I'm just saying. But it, it well, that's where it goes. Wherever it goes, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> if you saying, gotta, like, you gotta lay on the couch, and I gotta get a pad. So how I mean, did you feel? I mean, I shaved my head, but I feel like that my edges have been snatched by this creative <laughs> pool on on this book. I I didn't know that it was going to be like this today. But, <laughs> But that's also a testament to the story as well, because, again, we're talking about comics. But comics can be so therapeutic. They can open up your eyes. They can tell you a story that you live that you're going, damn, wait, hold on. Yeah. And that they can tell you telling us storytelling is the most incredible thing in the world. And it's something that can take you to a different place. It's also something that can take you inside to look more introspectively into yourself and say, damn, that's what I've done. And it and it doesn't have to do with the powers or such what have you, anything like that. It's just that experience in your life. Mm-hmm. So I've been Spencer. I've yeah. been him with that anger. So where I'm at now, I want to see how his story unfolds because I'm captivated by it because that was me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and that that is, you know, a testament to just great writing when when you you know a comic you know when you when you can when it can resonate with someone this is why comics are one of my favorite medium of all time because it resonates with you i think in a in a different way that other mediums don't and um just just the way it starts out with you know i i believe spencer is telling the story to us from the Mm -hmm. future 
And this sense of like impending doom is always within those pages because you know something has happened or is going to happen, something big between him and his father that they can't come back from. Mm -hmm. At least that's the, at least currently, you know, that's the feeling that you get in the first issue is that there's just this impending thing that's going to happen that we don't know yet. But what it does is it instills kind of a sense of dread in you when you're watching the events play out because mm-hmm. you because you know the entire time that there's this thing that's going to happen but so much between him and his father is going unsaid. And if they would have just said it, maybe yeah. this thing wouldn't have happened. And it's such genius writing to put, to let you know in the beginning, to let the reader know these, this something is going to happen so that you can see all the ways that this could have been fixed in the events that are playing out as they're playing out and just be hit with that dread that they're never going to fix it. Thank you. Yes. Which again, speaks so much volumes because there are never those talks. A lot of times, uh, black fathers and black sons, there aren't those talks. Yeah. They're, they're not because of, because there's so much pride and that's the thing too, a cornerstone of this story, a corner Mm -hmm. theme in the story is how destructive pride can be Mm -hmm. because again, there's so many, there's so many points in the story because you have that knowledge that something bad is going to happen if they would have just talked, if they would have just said this, if they would have just said how they felt, maybe this thing wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's really interesting too that the father is actually coming from a place of, you would think that he's coming from a place of, of pure selfishness, to be honest, to hear this told from Spencer's point of view. But when when um, Spencer's grandmother gets sick and Spencer knows we can fix her, we magic, hello, we can mm-hmm. fix her. We only need one thing. We can go to this council or whatever and we can fix her and her and his father refuses to do it and says, this will tarnish our name. They will take everything from us if we do this. We are not allowed to play with life and death. Mm-hmm. But you also get this sense in the story when Spencer speaks to his grandmother that these rules are mostly arbitrary. These rules that are put in place are not because of anything other than control, because they want to control them. And so from Spencer's point of view, it's like they're playing us. They're playing Mm -hmm. us. But th- these are the people that you want to fo- follow. But his father feels like I'm protecting my family. I'm protecting our name. Our name gives us status. Our name protects us. And we need to protect that at all costs. And that's where they clash. And that's a very interesting um, dynamic because you would think from the way that Spencer is telling the story that his father is just completely selfish. And I'm not saying that his father is a likable person or that, you, you know, you could side with him, but it's it's this thing of his in his father's point of view, he's doing the right thing. And maybe doesn't even see all of the reasons that he's doing it. And so it was just a very interesting play on the two of them. Yeah, no, it it it, it is true because it, it only takes one sentence mm-hmm. to open up that communication. Yeah. And 
it's that almost quote unquote tough love uh-huh. where it, and a lot of black men, unfortunately, when they become fathers are because that's how they knew love yeah. or they don't know how to properly um, profess their love for their sons uh-huh. and take them in and tell them, this is why we're doing this. This is why we have, because so many times in a black household, you ask a question. No, this is why we do it. Why? Because this is how we do it. Don't ask yeah, me no questions. You're never giving it. Don't ask me no questions. <laughs> don't contradict me. And then when you ask, what does contradict mean? Because you don't know what it means. Then mm-hmm. they go, what? You trying to be you smart? smart? Yes. You being smart. <laughs> but, but don't you want me to be smart? So yes, I'm trying to. There's so many. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah. much there. So this book. You can see why it is the huge hit that it is. Right. Because I, every issue had two printings. Some, every issue of the first arc had two printings. I think the first three had three printings. Oh, wow. That that says a lot. There aren't very many comics that can say that. Who mm-hmm. They said, oh, well, you know what? We got, I have all the covers, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but that's a testament. When you have a third printing Mm -hmm. it hits when people are not just getting it digitally but also physically and they're got to the point where you're getting you know a a, a third a fourth printing that doesn't happen with every comic especially not with comics that are about a black family and this is in in essence it's it's a black family comic Mm -hmm. a family comic yeah but it's a black family comic that just happens to have magic. And I want to say this is like near future New York or maybe now, but in a different universe, New York. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. I always, I think I took it a little bit to be like a few more futuristic Mm -hmm. New York, but it could just, but it could also be, you know, just an alternative because there's, you know, there's magic. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about and what you thought. So, you know, in the story, they're they're training and mm-hmm. they have charges. So people that they're supposed to protect, use their magic to protect. Mm-hmm. Now, in this story, everybody who has magic is black, as far as we know so far. Mm-hmm. Everyone is black. But everyone they protect is white, it seems to me. So I'm like, hmm, what is this going to be about now? Because... It, you know, they, they're. I mean, to me, a good writer doesn't do stuff like that. No. Uh, without you know, without an intent, it's it's done on purpose. So, you know, I wonder where are we gonna go from here? <laughs> Again, that's another. Just like you're saying, that's another thread that we're right. gonna find out more about. Like that's why this is so hitting on so many things. And things that we might have a knee-jerk reaction to. Why are you only protecting uh, the white folks? Just like I had right. a knee-jerk reaction to females. Mm-hmm. But then I got to go, look at who's on the team. Look at who's on this mm-hmm. creative team. Let me just say, let me, let me not just have that because I know it'll pay off later. So let me not have that knee-jerk reaction to it. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. going to give that to it. <clears throat> and this is the importance of letting stories play out because mm-hmm. the, this is 
there's this dynamic, I think, especially right now when we're having so many conversations about, you know, how to treat people, how to treat people who are not like you, how to respect people who are not like you. Again, we talked about a lot about race, about gender, about how you identify and things like that. But it's also important, I think, to let stories play out because you actually, I don't know how you comment on those things in a story without touching on the offensiveness of it. And mm -hmm. so something may start out sounding offensive to us and to our ears because we're learning a lot more in these days, but you can't tell the story without touching on the thing that's offensive. And so if in this story in particular, if you're gonna touch on in our world that women are considered less than in your story, you need to make them less than so that exactly. you can so that you can touch on it later on. And so, you know, I like, I like to, I, for me, for me, I try not to make judgments about a story until that cover is closed right. because, because when you get through it all, if you get through it all and it was just offensive for the sake of being offensive, then yeah, you know, mm -hmm. but I think, I think you're in good hands. Everybody who's watching this is in good hands with Brandon Thomas because there's there's a lot, and when I say a lot, there is a lot of nuance here mm -hmm. within the world building, within the character development, within the way that Kari is portraying these characters, and in the way the art plays out. I mean, just the, I mean, besides just the story, the action, the it's it's yeah. so cool. The way that he draws it is just so cool, and the 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 colors, you know, the way the way that I mean, I'm just artistically, I'm just blown away by like how well everything has come together on this book. It truly is no pun intended, magical. Like yeah. the way that everything comes together on this book on a creative level is inspiring to me. It's computable. I again, I've I've stared at these pages. At one mm -hmm. point, I had the cover was my phone background <laughs> because it's so beautiful. Uh, something that I really pay attention to um, is uh, fashion. That might mm -hmm. sound odd, but I I pay attention to how fashion is portrayed in in comics. Yeah, and seeing the 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 the, the character designs and. Mm -hmm. Not everyone looks the same. It's not all. It's not either like you got like a, a fade or bald or black would go. It's not like the stereotypical thing. You every mm -hmm. black looks different in this book. Look beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And but yeah. the clothes, like I'm bet I could not pull that outfit off. But if I could <laughs> cosplay as an older Spencer with the, 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 I know that outfit probably cost ten thousand dollars in real life. I have to <laughs> get them to, to design them some some Yeezy shit or whatever, but it's so cool. Like to see that is just so, and I, I wonder what inspired him for the fashion, where it comes from, what have you. It's great. I, I love little- I think little it comes from living in Brooklyn. <laughs> Max, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think Kari is from Brooklyn, but I think that's, not to put his business out there, but <laughs> I think that's- Damn. I'm not I mean, about from Brooklyn, I'm just saying. But uh, I think just just having talked to him at cons, I, I I believe he lives in Brooklyn, and mm. you know, walking around New York City, like you look at the fashion in this book, yeah, 
that's what that is. Like you walk around New York City and you're seeing all kinds of different. So, I mean, great point on touching on the character design because it really does. That's what makes your world feel real and full mm -hmm. is when you have people who just look different, people who are designed different of all different shapes and sizes and hairstyles and complexions and stuff like that. So that's a great point. Because it plays along with the fashion. It's just, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. So yeah. this, I mean, for me, definitely they're on the second arc now. I don't believe the second arc is finished yet. Um, I don't think so. They're on issue nine, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Once, once the issue nine. Um, usually I'll contact right now. Yeah, nine. Um, so usually with, uh, cause this book is through, uh, the skybound, um, imprint for image. Usually there'll right. be six books will be a trade. Um, and then, so three more would have you, I'm trying to remember when the next issue is out. I think it's this month, if not next month, um, for issue 10 to come out. Right. But this is a definite have, get for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody should, should be reading this book. Um, it's just, you know, the, the other thing I don't want to leave out because comics are a team effort is Deron Bennett. Deron Bennett is mm. definitely one of the best letterers in the game, hands down. And I think lettering, lettering is like visual effects in that when it's done right, you don't notice, but when it's done wrong, you really notice. Mm. Mm -hmm. And... So to that point, letterers are extremely, extremely important in keeping you engaged in the flow of the book. Mm -hmm. And Deron Bennett's, his lettering does that phenomenally in this book. And I don't want to, I don't want to leave him out. Cause I think, you know, we talk a lot about the writers and, and, and the people who draw the thing, mm -hmm. but uh, letters are extremely, extremely important, extremely important. And there, the way that something is lettered can give you a different sense of what is happening. It can give you a different emotional resonance. And he hits the emotional beats in this story. He hits all of them along with Kari, along with Emilio, along with Brandon Thomas. And so if you want to see a book that just has a complete package of art, writing, lettering, coloring, the way everything is put together, definitely read this book. I'd say I'd say this is definitely not only a book for people who are just comic book fans, but a book for people who are creatives to study and learn from because so much is done right here. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's my take. <laughs> yeah, it's this is one of those 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 titles that I would say everyone plays their role so well and it's so in integral to everything. There's yeah. not a wasted piece of motion in this and I love it. So, I mean, for me, definitely a get. Pick this up. Uh, the It's available on digital as well as uh, in print. The first trade is out. You can pretty much find it everywhere because mm -hmm. the book is just blown up. Um, like I said, the first six issues are excellent. I mean, grab this up, please. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Do it now, today. That's it. At so, this moment. Yes. Um, so <laughs> on, on that note, um, we're going to just 
uh, just to just, just yeah, we definitely got to do this again. Um, honestly, yeah, like I have so many things that I want to do and other people that I want to speak to and does like this, but yeah, we have to do one for food, just just food, just food, <laughs> just for food. and then one about people falling. I'm I'm, I'm gonna be real. Oh man, well, for real, we can talk about that all day because it's so funny, <laughs> and I know that sounds wrong, but y'all know it's funny. It is funny. It, it is, is funny. So. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, um, no, I was just going to say thank you for having me on. Like, this is, this, you know, this is always fun. And guys, the way that we're talking here is exactly how we are yeah. in real life, which is why we wanted to do this. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I just always love talking dope comics with you. So, uh, you are one of my, there's, I mean, there are like there were like three names off the top of my head that I was like, yeah, I definitely want to talk to these people. Then there were other people, not to say that they were lesser than, but they were just, but there were three names that came immediately to my head. You obviously were number one because we've oh. had these conversations numerous times. Like I said, thousands of plates. I mean, <laughs> millions of steps around the city and very like we always. Done. So I, I want to say thank you so much for for uh, for coming along with me and being a part of this. I appreciate it as always. Ladies, gentlemen, uh, non-binary folks, gender fluid, everybody around, whoever is watching this, this is Takia Marie. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, just real quick, shameless plug, uh, you guys oh, can yes, find yes, me yes. on <laughs> you guys can find me on uh, social media at Takia Marie. Um, specifically, Instagram is probably the one I use the most, even though <laughs> I haven't posted in a in, in a while, I've been a little bit busy, but that's the one that I use the most. So, and I love, you know, if you're an artist, if you're a writer, if you're in comics or whatever, I love following um, new artists. So definitely, you know, hit me up and let me see your stuff because I love it. So, um, but yeah. There you go. Um, this has been Takia Marie. Like I said, one of my favorite people out there so much appreciation and that's the end of our show um there will be more i am doing more of these just because this is the second one i've done and hell each one it seems to be getting more and more fun so this mm -hmm. is just going to keep happening so takia marie thank you as always thanks so very much thank so you. appreciate myself i am antonio pomadas and this has been the hungry bleak podcast uh, have a good day, whatever it is. Try to do the best you can with what you got and just don't be a dick. That's all I got, really. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> That's the simplest way that I can say it. Thank Great. you. Have a good one, everybody. And um, get these books. Peace. Yeah.